So what I found cool, Ty, was mm. Seattle in 2022 has forced 15 fumbles. And in all of 2021, they only forced nine. And so Brock, who had asked Pete Carroll about what the difference was. And Carroll said that for the last four to five or so years, they talked about taking shots when they were tackling and going for like punch the ball out scenarios. But that was sort of overtaking the actual tackle. And so it was pretty obvious and you were missing your tackle. But now this year they've adjusted to punch tackles with a sort of different emphasis, which Hurt described Wednesday, Clint Hurt, the defense coordinator, as like a wrap, but you punch as you wrap, such as what we've seen with Kobe Bryant's ability. And it's worked, right? Like the results are there. Now turnovers are slightly random, but still that's very, very cool. And this kind of new style of wrap and punch, and Hurt also mentioned if you're the second guy coming into the pile, uh, rather than trying to go for the kill shot or push the pile, go for the punch. That those two elements, excellent stuff. Yeah, and we saw that uh, late in garbage time on uh, on Sunday against the Giants. Tariq Tariq didn't make a great uh, tackle attempt there, but he was basically doing that. If you want to see an example of that, you can see it there as well. Uh, but you can also look at all of Kobe Bryant's plays as well. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's working. You know, the, the big thing for this defense is it needed to generate more turnovers somehow because they weren't getting the picks and they weren't really getting the fumbles as you uh, noted there um with just nine last year how many of uh the 15 uh have they recovered do you know no but no. you know what ty there's this website called mm -hmm. pro football, football reference reference yeah and it's on, a on pretty handy tool. reference it is pretty pretty handy Mm -hmm. And on there, you can... Well, the one problem I f find, but I am a bit stupid, mm. is it's not the most friendly interface, is it? I mean, it's not bad. It, it's just it's, a bit... It gets a little funky. confusing. It you gets can get a lost little... in a wormhole. Like, right now, I'm looking at quarterback knockdown percentage. Like, ooh, but I really mm. want to find fumble recoveries. Fumble recoveries. Where would they be? Let's look this up live on the show. Because this yes. is great radio. I know everyone is enjoying listening to this. Sponsored right by. Okay, here we go. You ready? Oh, you ready? I'm so ready. ready. So 15 they have, forced fumbles. They've recovered 12. There right. we go. That's there a really go. nice percentage. It's a really nice that, percentage. That is, I, it's so nice I can't work out that percentage because I'm bad <laughs> at math. Uh, is 12 out of 15 uh it is 80 percent 80 percent there we go i totally it's did that without googling yeah. whoa nice. whoa nice nice sexy little rounded number yes of Perfect. course it's 80 percent. marvelous anyway so that that has been cool uh now the seahawks defense tie if we're staying mm. on the defensive theme theme speak properly i mean this is seattle over this is seattle overload after all so it is it is uh per football outsiders uh who have their dvoa metric which obviously the seahawks have fabulous history with maddie what is dvoa <laughs> uh you can visit the full explanation at football outsiders dot com yes but 
basically, Kai, DVOA mm. is basically adjusting performance for opponent. Mm. Mm. So it is so, a percentage. So basically, if you play well against good teams, you do better in DVOA. Whereas yes. against bad teams, not as good. The womp womps. The womp womps, yes. Okay, so we got the hashtag since week five numbers here. Tell me how dope the Seahawks defense has been since week five. Hashtag since week five. They have been minus 22.4%. What does that mean? Well, it's second best in the NFL. And if you remember Seahawks week five, their actual game, that was at the Saints, which wasn't a good game at all. So if you did this week six, week seven, week eight, they'd 100% be first. Um, mm. The fact they're second, even with that Saints game, where there were the shoots of progress, but they still had some real bad moments, right? It wasn't Lions bad, but it was still bad. Um, it was a Taysom Hill freak game, but also they hadn't refined themselves. But week six, where you know they, they really embraced the technique stuff, which I want to talk about in a second, the Arizona game. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's really exciting. And then <laughs> weeks one to four, so the opening when... Uh, which Carol's termed Rope-a-Dope, 17.3%, uh, 31st in the NFL, which I think everyone, like any any metric, had them like second worst in the league, uh, just in front of the Lions, right? It It is weird that they listed that tweet for weeks one through four and then weeks five through eight. Why wouldn't you just do weeks one through five and then weeks six through eight? Because like that's when the change happened. That Like, because they would, I would assume I that they would, they would still be uh, fours, don't they? I guess if they want to be on, you know, particular like that. I mean, they, they are mathematicians, Ty. That is true. That is yeah. true. They they would know that twelve out of fifteen is eighty percent right off the top of their head, and not need Google to figure that out. Indeed. So, Indeed. Carol mentioned the importance of the twelves again to Seattle sports, and that isn't like a joke, like. Mm -hmm. uh, I've said this before, but the noise of a home crowd means that offenses have to go silent count, which means Seattle can jump the snap uh, because they know when it's happening. It also means they can identify what side the pass protection is sliding to, so they know what side they have one-on-ones in pass rush situations, and so they know where what side to run uh, games to separate against man pass protection. So it's very useful, and, and Carol's mm -hmm. right in that. Now, they've talked about a, a big reason why the DVOA, the pass rush numbers, everything is improving, right? Is because they're stopping the run. Because when you stop yep. the run, you, you eventually force the team to get one-dimensional and pass the football if your offense is also, which it is with Gino, living up to their end of the bargain. And so you get uh, that fourth quarter against the Giants where Daniel Jones is suddenly forced to actually be a quarterback. And you get, you know, the Cardinals game. And hopefully we get that again, right? Uh -huh. And you get these one-dimensional situations. And this week, the, the the Seahawks coaches said the quiet part out loud, which we said early on, we've said on a lot of overloads, but basically Seattle is doing more bare fronts on early downs, less even fronts, right? So less 
425 or 245 appearance, more bare front, so five guys down at the line of scrimmage, covering the guard, the center, the guard, and then the two edges. And Carroll said on Monday that he's really fired up about the run defense improvement, but the, the key part of all of this was him saying... We have benefited from our from the past couple of years with the way we do things now, and that which we did in the last couple of years. And there's a little bit more connection than that you might see, but obviously we saw it. Um, <laughs> that he thinks it's paid off, um, and they learned our guys in the years' experience in the past, and they've now deployed them a little bit more specifically to all of that stuff. So. That's basically saying they've gone back to the techniques that they were yeah. using a bit more often in the in the past two years. And then her on Wednesday says, um, all the techniques that we've learned in the previous years are the same, which you know we've been saying, but the difference is this year, and again, we've said this on past overloads, but they're power stepping more, they're allowing them to play more downhill, less sort of one and a half gapping, mirror stepping, more passive, though they still do that. They're doing way less of that um, because of how they've sort of built up their bare fronts. Um, and the big thing he said for me was, and um, we were because we were playing more split safeties and things of that nature. It required them, the defensive line, to do more often things that maybe they weren't most comfortable doing. And then, so obviously, it's just working our way around that and saying, okay, if we're going to adjust in this facet then we have to adjust somewhere else so we don't get hurt. But it, so, and then he said, it all went hand in hand with going, just put your players in the best position to play and hear them out. So when he says about the split safeties, again, they're still doing split safety stuff, but they're doing it from bare front looks. Now they were doing bare front looks and split safety stuff, but they were doing much more mirror stepping, which they weren't very good at. And then they were also doing split safety stuff with the even fronts where they didn't have the dudes to set the edge. And they also were struggling with the two defensive tackles playing heavy techniques, again, mirror stepping stuff. They were struggling uh -huh. with that as well. And when he says we're going to adjust in this facet, so then we have to adjust somewhere else so we don't get hurt. I imagine that saying about moving to bare fronts and then uh, changing the techniques up a bit. So basically what he was saying was actually KNJ was coaching his MF socks off. Ken Norton Jr. has no socks. Yes. 